What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tarley will explore all these and more on Eros Evolution on Home Times Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to Eros Evolution. This is where sexuality and spirituality meets. So this is Martha. I'm a clinical sexologist with a doctorate in human sexuality, and I have my own practice in Singapore. It's called Arrows Coaching. That's erscoaching.com. And uh, today is the second last show of the year, and also the second last show before I take a break uh, from this uh, radio show entirely. So we are very fortunate to have another one of um, my idols that I've been admiring from afar. And we're going to be talking about how to be sex positive in today's show. So she'll be sharing with us the eight dimensions of positive sexuality and how these can help us address issues around sexuality and so much more. So Emily E. Pryor, she's the Executive Director for the Center for Positive Sexuality and a Social Scientist. Her research focuses on the intersections of identity, deviance, and feminism. So Emily has studied human sexuality and gender topics from a variety of perspectives, including psychology, sociology, and anthropology. And uh, she's won the Vern Bullock Bougainville uh, Award for research. So her work with the center allows her to incorporate her love for educating and research within a positive sexuality framework. So once again, um, it's Center for Positive Sexuality. You can go to positivesexuality.org. She has a journal, a journal for positive sexuality, one word, dot org. And also she has her conference that she runs. That's sexpo with a S, con, uh, C-O-N, dot com. So welcome to the show, Emily. Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bartha. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> well, thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I, you, I, I just never know, right, because, you know, I'm in Singapore and I... I I never meet usually the guests that I've never met the guests that I usually have on the show. So when I reach out, yeah, and you you said yes, I'm very grateful. And yes, I've been following your work for uh some time and I know about your journal uh of positive sexuality. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I see on your website that you are in volume 3, issue 3 now. We are. We are. We just finished out our third year. We're starting our fourth year uh, in January. Um, mm. Yeah. 
and yeah, I recently stepped down as editor in chief. We have a new editor in chief, and I'm now just a regular old reviewer and editor. <laughs> oh, so you know, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's ev- nice to everybody, have somebody everybody else. Everybody has. Yeah, sure. Everybody has a role to play, and uh, yeah. you know, you need to take care of yourself too. And mm-hmm. sometimes the most important thing in a ongoing project is really to get it started and to have the vision for it and to pull the right people to keep it going. Indeed, so, indeed. Very good. Okay, so yeah. um, maybe maybe before we go into what is sex positive, I'd just like uh, for, uh, you know, I'm also curious, uh, this Center for Sex uh, Positive Sexuality has been around for 10 years. It's run by volunteers, you told me just now. Yeah. And um, what gave you the vision to start this uh, Center for Sex Positivity? Well, um, certainly 10 years ago and even prior to that, uh, I was already an educator, was already doing things and kind of going out into the local community in Los Angeles and and teaching about alternative sexualities um and there was there were just so many people who didn't have this information and so many students college students who knew very little about sex and sexuality um some of them this was their very first time encountering anything out of a very generic very sex negative um sex ed class uh, you know, in the United States, for the most part, most sex education, if anybody gets it at all, it's usually very negative. It focuses on teen pregnancy. It focuses on STIs. It focuses on HIV. It focuses on all the bad things that can come yeah. along with sex. And almost none of it focuses on any of the positive sides of sexuality. Um, and so there is just clearly a need. And, and clearly a need to even get beyond just the basics of sex education and into a deeper, you know, how do we make this a positive part of our life? Um, so, you know, I talked with colleagues and friends, and, and the, the center just sort of came out of all of that. Mm. Yeah, and this was 10 years ago, so it must yep. have been very radical. It was, and and... Uh, you know, it was like five of us. <laughs> this is like the beginning of this. It was like five people doing this, um, kind of haphazardly, and and uh, just kind of reaching the audience we could reach, which was very local, and kind of talking professors into letting us go into their classrooms and and teach what we were going to teach. Uh, and over time, it built up. So we're now like a legitimate. 501c3 nonprofit organization, um, and we've added several years ago. We added a research branch to our mm-hmm. um, nonprofit, and uh, that came in when Dr. D.J. Williams from Idaho State University started working with us. So, with his innovation and his creativity and the research he was doing, we added an entire research grant. So now we have an international group of research affiliates from universities, um, wide and far, who do research, uh, not exactly on our behalf, but uh, within our framework. So it fits our positive sexuality perspective, and um, then the journal 
kind of developed out of that. And so our research kind of supports our education program, right? So we use research-based, evidence-based information to support our education program. So our education program also works as a feedback loop to the researchers, because as we're out doing things and talking to people, more questions come up. So we take those questions to the researchers, and, and so it's a great feedback loop, and it's, it's a wonderful way to kind of get both sides. Yeah, I can see that it's so important to stay on the ground, find out what's relevant, what's trending, mm -hmm. and then do research to uh, validate uh, your hypothesis and also then be able to teach and communicate with authority. That's really good. And uh, yeah. uh, also from there, you guys also have this um, journal and then the conference. Right. The conference is our very first conference. Um, it's coming up in May. Uh, we have an incredible list of presentations already set up. It's very diverse. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, we're waiting until after the holidays to start posting, you know, who who our lineup is. Um, but we have um, uh, we have Su Susan Wright from the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom in D.C. who is going to be our keynote speaker. Um, and that's really, really important to us as well. Uh, and our conference, I think, is going to be unique because it's a combination of an academic conference but also has community members and um, also really encourages students and just people who are interested to show up. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting. That's great. Yeah, I wish you all the best. So Thank you. you yeah, so you, you guys are in LA, mm -hmm. and um, you are uh, in touch with the community, and uh, I guess uh, you guys also, oh yes, I see on your website, you give presentations and papers in conferences and conventions across the U.S., so uh, uh, very much and beyond. with what <laughs> Yeah, and beyond. And beyond, yeah, yeah, our, our one in September, um, Again, who I mentioned, uh, DJ Williams, who's our director of research, he was asked to present at Cambridge University this last September. So, you know, we're we're going all over the place. Mm, that's great. So, yes, so I see on your website, you know, Christmas is coming. So for those of mm -hmm. you who would like to contribute to what Emily is doing, it's, it's fantastic what they're doing for the community and also for uh, people at large, really, not just for the U.S., but actually the message of sex positive is so important. So you can go to the website, you can download, um, you know, uh, you can sign up for a newsletter and you can also donate towards uh, mm -hmm. her, her non-profit. Yeah. And I, I believe it must be tax exemptions, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and our donations go directly to feeding our programs. Um, no one's making... A salary off of this, so everything just keeps our stuff working. Yeah, that's great. So yes, uh, so far we've been talking about what uh, Emily is about, uh, what she does, her organization, the research, the journal, the uh, conference that they do, and um, how she got into it. So we, we have an idea of 
who she is. Uh, and uh, the break is going to come up very soon. So be sure to check out her website, uh, positivesexuality.org, her journal, journal of positivesexuality.org. And um, today we'll be talking about how to be sex positive. So we'll talk more about this after the break. The eight dimensions of positive sexuality and how these can help address issues around sexuality and so much more. So why, why is sex positive even important? So stay tuned. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Om Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Om Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Hi, I'm Kelly Fox, host and astrologer of The Astrology Show. Each week, I'll give you access to the current transits, which are a valuable tool that provide astrological information to help unlock the potential each of us has. Understanding the stars can help steer us in the right direction to make better informed choices. So if you're wondering what's going to happen in your week ahead, be sure to tune in to The Astrology Show for guidance. Mondays at 9pm Eastern Time. Every two minutes, an American is sexually assaulted. The majority of victims know their attacker. It could be your friend, your neighbor, or someone you met at a party. If you said no, it's rape, and it's a crime. This is Christina Ricci with RAIN. Call the National Sexual Assault Hotline today at 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Welcome back to Arrows Evolution. This is where we explore the link between sex and spirit. And today we're talking about how to be sex positive. Before talking about how to be sex positive, it's important to talk about what is sex positive. And uh, Emily Price, she's the executive director for the Center of Positive Sexuality. She's also a social scientist at uh, several colleges. She teaches human sexuality, gender, and other social science topics. And her research is on the intersection of identity, deviance, and feminism. So we have someone who's very seasoned, very polished. And uh, so, yes. Uh, so tell us, uh, Emily, uh, what what is sex positive? Well, um, we determined over time that, uh, you know, the positive sexuality movement's been going on for a while, you know, easily 15, 20 years as, as a word, as a term, I guess. Um, and hopefully well before that, of course. But the, the word positive sexuality, we really didn't see this coming up in regular discourse until, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I think. Um, and no one really had a serious definition. I mean, you can kind of go online and look on Wikipedia and get sort of 
an idea, but there was no clear definition. And as I talked to colleagues and academics and students and, and everybody, some it was sort of one of these, well, I know it when I see it, but no one could really define it well. And we thought, well, if this is going to be our mission, <laughs> right, if our mission is to uh, address social issues through sex-positive research and education, then we should come up with a pretty good outline for what this is. We're checking. I'm still talking, but I think uh, our sound has gone down. I'm not sure what's there. Okay. All right, I'm still fine. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, Emily. Sorry about that. Yeah. I'm uh, still here. Yeah, I think some, yeah, something I think was wrong with my line. So, yes, please uh, oh, continue. No. Uh, I I got okay. you as um, um, nobody really understood about the term sex positive. It wasn't clearly defined. Right. It wasn't clearly defined. So, um, we kind of... Def- we decided to figure out a way to define this, and we really discovered that there are several dimensions to what creates a sex-positive space or a sex-positive idea or sex-positive research. Um, so we kind of looked across the different social sciences and recognized that part of what we wanted this to be able to do was to really want to encourage encourage collaboration across different disciplines and different professions um, and also use it as a way to address and solve social issues. Um, So the first real part of this is this idea that positive sexuality applies across all levels of society. So it, it applies to the individuals, it applies to families and small groups, it applies to larger organizations and communities, and on and on and on. So, it ha- you know, it has a worldwide application, as you said, as well as an individual application. So it's not just one piece, it's the whole puzzle. Um, the next part of this was the idea yeah, that that positive refers to strengths, happiness, and well-being. And this really comes out of um, counseling psychology and social work with the idea of working from a strengths-based perspective as opposed to a deficit perspective. So instead of looking at someone and saying, well, these are the things that are wrong with you, these are the things that are broken, uh, we look at people and issues and topics from, okay, what is, what's going, you know, what positive things are going on here and let's build from there. Um, and I'm sure similar to you and the things that you work through, you know, you work from a very positive perspective of, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's see what we have going for us and use that to build a foundation upon as opposed to, well, let's check off all the things that are wrong with you and see what we can fix. So, yeah, the positive is yeah, really definitely. referring to that strength building, right? Um and that and that sexuality should be something that's a part of your strengths. It's not a, it's not a weakness. It's a strength. Um, the next part of the model is that individual sexuality is unique and multifaceted, and to recognize that within this context, everyone is unique. Everyone has a multiplicity of of their personality, and that sexuality is not a fixed point. 
it's a lot of different points that make up who you are and that they that probably changes over your lifetime um, as you develop, as you grow, as you experience new things and new people. Um, and it's also shaped by your history and your ethics and your religious background and your spiritual background and and just everything that you come in contact with, as well as your own biology and psychology and and, and even just the political and legal sphere. Um, you know, you, you may not know that you have certain sexual interests because it's not something that's allowed or <laughs> just in a part of your environment. So um, this idea that sexuality is very unique and multifaceted is a part of the positive sexuality model. Um, mm. Okay, so, so far you've mentioned uh, uh-huh. strength building and uniqueness of sexuality. Right. So that this applies across all social spaces, that this is strengths, um, and that this is, yeah, individual, multifaceted, unique. So the fourth part of this is that positive sexuality um, embraces multiple disciplines, um, different methodologies. So the model itself is really... uh, is really um, something that shows that we can apply anything to. So um, the idea being that it's really important if you're studying sexuality to study it from a lot of different disciplines, from a lot of different methodologies. Um, You know, we can't just be stuck on the health model. We can't just be stuck in medicine and biology. We also need to look at the psychological factors and the sociological factors and the anthropological factors, but also we need we can look to the humanities and the arts and spiritualism and, and religion. Everything has a kind of finger in that pie, right? Sexuality um, mm. encompasses the arts, encompasses music, so everything, um, all all of these different disciplines come together as a part of positive sexuality. Um, The fifth part is one that we kind of, we looked at and and it was difficult to to get to at first, but the idea is that positive sexuality reflects professional ethics. And as you know, as a sexologist, you have specific professional ethics that you must follow. Um, and that's easy to come to from a sexologist's perspective or a psychologist's perspective or even a lawyer's perspective. There are particular legal um, or professional ethics that must be followed. Uh, but really, this goes across all professions. And so I had a woman who was retired who said, well, I don't have to have professional ethics. I'm retired. And I said, but you do volunteer work, right? And she said, yes. And I said, so that's your profession at this time. You're not making money doing it, but you have to be professional in that space. And you can't treat people differently because they don't fit your idea of what's correct sexually. You have to just do your work. And so that's the idea of professional ethics, that – 
we exhibit some amount of cultural competency, that we recognize human diversity, uh, that we do not choose to not bake a cake for someone because we don't agree with same-sex marriage because our profession says we bake cakes for people. So um, that's a part of this dimension also, is that it reflects these professional ethics that we do not impose our own belief systems, um, our own personal morals on others uh, when we interact with them on a professional level. Yes. So the sixth part of this model is that it encourages open and honest communication. And we actually wrote a whole separate paper on this, on what that kind of means. But the idea is that we use communication, caring, consent, and caution. And that open communication means it's not just that we're expressing information, but that we're listening to other people. Um, and allowing them to express themselves to us. So, you know, we can openly, we can honestly communicate very negative things to somebody, but that doesn't mean we're open to listening to them. Um, and so positive sexuality means we we need to care about others. We need to listen to others. We need to hold space that allows them to be who they are um, and communicate information back and forth in the various forms that that happens. Mm. So our seventh piece yeah, I like what um, you're is, <laughs> I, I don't know if you want me to keep going or if you want me to backtrack. Yeah, go ahead. So, okay. So our seventh piece is that positive sexuality is humanizing. So this means that even mm. if people do bad things, we still need to be able to humanize them. Everybody is human. Everybody is allowed some space. Um, we use inclusive language. Uh, it's so easy, especially in the English language. So many of our curse words are things that have to do with um, negative sexual things or especially negating females or negating female body parts. Um, and that's not very humanizing. That's very objectifying and dehumanizing. So, you know, trying to use language that is not sex negative. Um, and trying to, you know, recognize, again, the humanness in others and not to dehumanize them based on their sexual interests or orientations or behaviors, um, even if it's things that we don't personally like or maybe aren't even necessarily legal behaviors, that doesn't mean that we don't humanize someone um, as we're trying to work with them in society. And the last piece of this is that positive sexuality encourages peacemaking, uh, which is a really an emphasis on healing, um, trying to cross the personal and social spheres, um, not using fear and control as a means of interacting with others, but uh, allowing for peace to be there. And I think that that's the most difficult part of this concept. Um, because we're not living in a very peaceful world. Um, certainly the U.S. is having a lot of issues and, and this is happening worldwide. Uh, and peacemaking is very, very difficult when you're encountering people who don't agree with you or don't believe in what you believe or don't live the lifestyle that you live. Um, it can be very difficult to get to a place where, where you can actually converse with someone very different from you. 
um, and not out of anger or fear with one another. So I think this is the most difficult of the, dimen- of the dimensions. But uh, that's, that's really mm-hmm. the idea, is that this model has these eight dimensions that all work together. Um, and then everything that we do through the center has to fit this model. So if someone's asking us to do something or we want to work on a piece of research or we're putting together an education program, everything has to fit this concept. Great. Wow, just in time. Um, Yes, so we have a break and uh, after this break, let's unpack a little bit more about the eight dimensions Mm -hmm. because I have questions and um, uh, uh, some definitely relating to peacemaking. So yes, stay tuned to Arrow's Evolution. Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder, and that number continues to grow. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio to find out how to live your life uninterrupted. What's up? This is Brad and Mike from Lincoln Park for LifeBeat, the music industry fights AIDS. Listen up, times are tough and you get a lot of things thrown your way. If you're being pressured to have sex and you're not ready, then say no. If you're having sex, be smart and use protection. Respect yourself and protect yourself. For more information, call the National AIDS Hotline at 1-800-342-AIDS or log on to www.lifebeat.org. Welcome back to Arrow's Evolution. You are listening to the show on the Om Times Radio Network. And you can share the show with your friends by going to the link omtimes.com forward slash mobile. With this link, you can listen uh, to the show without needing to download any app. So here we are. We're talking about how to be sex positive in today's show. And just before the break, uh, we uh, had Emily Peer, who is the prior, sorry, who is the executive director for the Center for Positive Sexuality and a social scientist. Uh, we got her to explain to us her eight dimensions of positive sexuality, and they include, uh, number one, strength building. Uh, sex positive would make you feel, people um, being sex positive will make you feel strong, will make you feel stronger. Uh, two is unique to everybody. Uh, it's in the context of social structures. Uh, for it's uh, multidisciplinary. It's not just one dimension. There are many aspects, facets to it. Five, uh, there are pro- professional ethics involved. When you talk about being sex positive, you don't impose your uh, your values onto other people. 
you respect who they are and where they come from. Everyone's unique. Uh, six, that um, there's this belief of open and uh, honest communication where you listen to other people, allow them to be who they are and to hold space for them. Uh, seven, humanizing, uh, meaning that we see ourselves, uh, each of us as humans and we use inclusive words. We don't alienate people who are different from you. We're all humans. Uh, and eight, um, being uh, peacemaking, being one part of it, where the, I guess, the essence of being sex positive is to um, heal and to not let fear and control come in. So how's that for summary, Emily? That's fantastic. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking notes. And yeah, I take this seriously <laughs> because this is my work as well. So... Yes. Uh, yeah, Hello. go ahead. I, yeah, I, I feel like this really does, um, it really does encompass a lot of the work that you do. I think that this is very much in, in, in line with what you're promoting and what you're working on. Uh, yes, because um, when I was studying at the Institute for, Sex, uh, Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality, um, that was one of the reasons why I went there because I I I was tired of uh, like you uh, ten years ago I was tired of um, learning and hearing about sex only in negative ways and scary ways mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I I was seeking something that was more positive and empowering and uh, what you've done is you created a center with a journal with a conference and what I've done is been running my practice in Singapore for the last seven years. And uh, what I like the most is um, not working with clients who come to me with problems, but actually running workshops and empowering people. So mm -hmm. um, this framework is definitely uh, what I have been trying to do without actually um, understanding it the way you've articulated it. So it's really it's really uh, important to be able to see this as positive to own. And um, so... I'm curious about the application. Uh, in what ways have you seen this model used? You, you know, you do research. So mm -hmm. how have you seen this being used? Well, it's really, it's being used in, in so many different ways. And it's also it's so incredible just to see one's work have uh, a global effect. Um, so it's not just me, right? It's it's myself and and other colleagues and and you know several people working mm -hmm. on this together, and uh, so we published a paper on our positive sexuality model, and that in and of itself, you know, has had uh, worldwide readership and and now is being cited in other people's work, and so so there's that side from the research side, but we're also seeing people take that model and apply it to, you know, look critically at sex work, to look critically at social services, to look critically at um, sex education, to, to look at how we help uh, victims and survivors of sexual assault, to look at how we might rehabilitate uh, sex offenders. So there's there's so many different applications here, uh, well beyond my capabilities or time. 
Um, but it's fantastic to see so many people sort of take it and run with it and make it their own and, and use this as a means to hopefully at least address, if not resolve, a, a myriad of social issues. Uh, I was at a convention conference uh, during the summer that was really about like non just nonprofits, like how to run a nonprofit and nonprofit building and, and these sorts of things. And I'm in the room with people from very large US based nonprofits that are like helping the homeless and feeding people and, you know, like doing doing things that I felt like, wow, this is so much bigger than what I'm doing. You know, I'm just trying to promote positive mm -hmm. sexuality. They're like actually housing and feeding people. <laughs> this is, you know, it's so much more important. And in the room, we're all supposed to introduce ourselves and say what we do. And I'm feeling embarrassed and feeling like, oh, I'm not really doing that much. And I introduce myself and talk about the center a little bit and what our, what our goals are and what we're doing and, and a little bit about the positive sexuality model and what that means. And people in the room, it was amazing because these other people who run these other big nonprofits were like, wow, if your mission comes true, if you really get people to work, you know, using a sex-positive perspective on things, our problems start to go away because this mm -hmm. is all linked, you know, uh, at least in the U.S., like okay. the largest group of homeless people are LGBTQ youth. So mm -hmm. if we're being sex positive and have a space for young people who identify outside of the heteronormative cisgender spectrum, we've now eliminated a large group of homeless people. They're no longer homeless. They're no longer jobless. Mm -hmm. They're no longer, they no longer don't have access to medical care. Um, so it was really incredible to see like what the worldwide application of this could be. Um, we have someone now who's been working on uh, the idea of sort of eco-sexuality and using the positive sexuality mm -hmm. model in, in an ecological perspective to work on climate change, to work on, you know, problems with food sources, to work on uh, all of these things that have to do with things that I was, I'm like, I don't know what sexuality has to do with this, but clearly it's a broader perspective than that, right? Because if we're working on healing, if we're working on strength building, if we're working on um, letting go, if we're working on being communicating with each other and caring about each other, which is really the the center of all of this, then all of these other problems start to get addressed. Um, and so I feel like it's a, it's, you know, there's just been so many applications of this and they're ongoing. It's, it's really incredible. Mm. That is absolutely fantastic. That's really, really important because I think what listeners may not realize is that when we are sexual, uh, sex, sex positive and we are sexually empowered, we are happy people. Mm -hmm. And happy people right. don't hurt other people. And right. then that's where we have peace. Yeah. Right. And so it's right. really and then happy important people heal. to tap into yeah. yeah, and we ourselves are healed and we become the 
that power of change. And so mm-hmm. it is possible to have world peace through being sex positive. This is why we do what we do, because there's this innate energy in us that needs to be channeled um, in ways that actually make us feel good and not bad, you know, right. make us feel positive. And um, so I I can see why all these organizations would be excited by your work. And it's fantastic that um, this model is being applied in um, how can we use this to, uh, like what you mentioned, with sex work, with sex education, with social work, with working with sex offenders, with eco-sexuality, with uh, people who come from um, very difficult families to start to talk about healing themselves. That's, that's really important. But I'm very sure that listeners are interested to learn what they can do to apply this to themselves. So I'd like to hear from you some um, tips, like how they can get started. Um, uh, maybe after the break, we have two minutes. So what what do okay. you hope to achieve, uh, Emily, uh, through your message of positive sexuality? What's your, your intention? Um, so really the long term is to not even need to do this anymore. And I think that you feel the same way about your work, is, is that it becomes unnecessary because everybody's already being sex positive, right? So, <laughs> um, uh, and I think that that's the goal of a lot of similar organizations is, is to become unneeded because it's already happening, because it's already going out there, and, and so you become unnecessary. You don't have to teach this anymore because everybody's got it. So so that's sort of the ultimate, ultimate goal. Um, between here and there, uh, I think it's just to get more information out there and to really, really get people to understand um, how this, like you said, how this really supports everything that we do, feeds everything. A sex-positive person, a person who feels good about who they are, because I can see in your work as well, like sexuality is the core of who we are. And if that mm. together, then everything else comes from that. Yes, definitely. So I think we are really on the same page on this. So yes, uh, let's uh, come back the last 15 minutes of the show and we're going to be talking about how you can apply uh, positive sexuality to yourself. Bringing you the best of the conscious minds in the world. Home Times Radio. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. The number one reason girls drop out of school in sub-Saharan Africa is lack of access to feminine hygiene products. The Pads for School Girls Project, an outreach of Humanity Healing International, is changing this paradigm by setting up sewing programs at schools, teaching girls a vocational skill, while producing the reusable pads that help keep them attending classes. The girls pay it forward by making and giving pad kits to other girls in need. To learn more, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. It's on us to stop sexual assault. To get in the way before it happens. To get a friend home safe. And to not blame the victim. It's on us. To look out for each other. To To not not look the other way. It's on us to stand up. To step in. To take responsibility. It's on us, all of us, to to stop stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how 
and take the pledge at itsonus.org. back we are into the last 15 minutes of today's show and so far I've learned a lot today in today's show really I did uh, we're talking about how to be sex positive we started the show by Emily giving us a background of who she is and then we talked about uh, what is uh, what the eight dimensions of being sex positive and then we started to unpack um, the implications of being sex positive uh, in different applications uh, and uh, fields of work and also what this could mean for the world and uh, uh, for listeners you're definitely wanting to know how you can apply this to yourself so Emily what are the what are the thoughts that you have around what listeners could be doing well I think you can do this on a lot of different dimensions um, certainly on a personal level uh, it's just being honest with yourself about who you are and what you are and what your interests are and then of course um, communicating that to partners or potential partners uh, and letting them be honest about who they are and what they are and what they want too uh, and it doesn't mean everything has to match up perfectly but you know we can't shame each other for who we are and what we want and what our interests are um, and so we can do that on a personal level uh, and and just take care of your own health and be willing be willing to read the research uh, look to the evidence-based information out there. Don't just give in to uh, what's necessarily popular or promoted uh, through the media. You know, kind of do your background research and be a critical thinker um, about the information that you see and, and what comes across, you know, your screen uh, and, and really see, be able to look at it with a critical eye and, and work at it from a positive perspective. I think in other ways, uh, individuals mm -hmm. can be more sex positive or bring it into their space um, is also, again, humanizing others. Uh, it certainly may require a language shift or a shift in our thought or a shift in our spirituality, uh, kind of looking at how do we allow others to be who they are and give them space to be who they are, even if it doesn't work for us personally. Um, that's a very difficult thing to do sometimes, is to humanize people who are different from us. Uh, and, and I think in, in a larger social sphere, what we can do is really investigate and, again, critically approach um, laws and policies and, and candidates and, and other things that are out there in political spheres and legal spheres and how voting and how decision making really starts to affect us on an individual and social level. So we can look at policies that give people access to things rather than take access away or give people uh, you know, broader education or provide services for people who are at risk or, um, you know, don't fit sort of the standards of, of different societies. So, you know, we want to look at giving people, setting up some equality um, through equity and, and reaching people's needs. Um, so I think we can do this on a lot of different dimensions. Mm, yes, 
I can see the uh, um, the applications, uh, and I can see that it's uh, very easy to actually start to apply the dimensions in your in all of our personal lives. And um, what I'm getting out of it is the word um, heightening our self awareness. I think just mm -hmm. just understanding that you know with more awareness we can actually take little steps, small steps, to become more positive about sex. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the other thing you mentioned about being educated about politics and the legal systems and knowing what your vote does, um, again, starts to let you have the power to influence a more sex-positive environment. So, you know, instead of... Um, this is why I do what I do, right? Instead of getting upset about what was not happening, I decided to do something about it, um, just like you. Right. And uh, all of us can play a part. Even those of us who feel that we cannot, we can actually com contribute our money towards uh, causes like yours, you know. Uh, people can donate towards your non-profit, uh, especially for Christmas. <laughs> That's really important yes, that yes. we feel that our process are going to places that make us feel good as well right right and and we all do that you know and and i mean i i obviously i donate to my own organization but i also donate to animal shelters and to, you know other things that make me feel good and and things that you want to perpetuate and and to help you know just just create yes. positive change everywhere absolutely mm. Yeah. So on this show, I always ask uh, the link between sex and spirit. And I, mm -hmm. I know um, some people are more religious or spiritual or not religious or not spiritual who come on this show. Um, but I like to ask this because, you know, we are on On Times Radio Network and a lot of our listeners are people with uh, spiritual inclinations. We even have uh, other shows with like psychic and angels. Uh, shows mm -hmm. uh, my show only talks about sex and spirit. So, what what do you see is the link between sex and spirit for you, Emily? Um, I I think it's a direct link, uh, especially from a positive sexuality perspective. My own belief system is that we're all energy, and uh, mm. the idea is that cer certainly sexual energy is a part of that energy, and I I feel is the core of of my energy, at least, of, of, of human energy, uh, is our sexual energy. And I think that we can do things to send positive messages and, and, and positive energies around, or we can do things to send negative. And, um, and, and I think it's so much better to, to, I don't know, to exude positive energy and whether that's through sexuality or just through other things or just saying hi to a person as you walk by them, um, I think that this is really important. So, uh, and it's certainly, and I feel like it comes back to you. Um, I, I mm -hmm. feel like that that positive energy circles back. Um, so, you know, sort of what you put out there is what comes back to you. And, and... I, I think it works very, very well with this perspective. Uh, so for me, this is there, there's not different things here, right? This is just all the same thing. 
um, for me, this is just my whole world uh, is, is working from, from mm. this concept. Because mm. you do this work and you have to be this work. And um, right. the, the work you do has to take a lot of energy. And so it starts from you. That's beautiful. It does. It takes a lot of energy. But you know what? I'm surrounded by an incredible group of people just an incredible group of people. We have uh, a considerable group of volunteers, some of which you can see on our website if you look at our About Us pages, but there are so many more people that work behind the scenes or people who don't want their profiles online, but they do tons and tons of work. Um, so we just have an incredible group of people with all kinds of positive energy. We just had uh, our last board meeting of 2017 this last Sunday, um, and I am uh, so fortunate to have these people working with me and, and helping to push this message forward and, and to do things. Uh, it's, it's never a negative experience. So it's, it's just fantastic. I love getting together with them, and we just share so much together. It's wonderful. Yep, I think she cut out. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, the this working from this perspective has just been incredible and and I love working with this group of people. Um we do have our conference coming up in May, uh May 17th and 18th in Burbank. Uh you can get information at sexpausecon.com. It's s e x p o s c o n.com and there's information there. Uh we do have limited reservations. Um, so if you're going to register for the conference, please do it soon. We have early registration going on now through the end of February. Uh, we also are taking submissions for our Journal of Positive Sexuality. So you do not have to be a researcher. You don't have to be an academic. Uh, you do have to write well, um, but we can all, we also help with revisions and things. So send in uh, your articles, because we're taking them for 2018. We've got at least three issues we need to come out with. So uh, you can just go to journalofpositivesexuality.org, see what our submission guidelines are, and send in your submissions. And you're always welcome to download any of the articles there. They're all available for free. They're uh, easy access. They're PDF files. Most of our articles are no longer than about eight pages. We've got a few longer ones, but most of them we keep pretty short and sweet. Uh, very readable. We make them easy access for public and students and others, so they're not just written for academics. Uh, so I really recommend uh, reading those. Um, a lot of the topics that are covered look at everything from sex work to sexuality in older adults to spirituality and sexuality, uh, all kinds of topics are there. And again, really it just has to fit sort of our sex positive framework. So it has to look at things from a sex positive perspective. Um, so yeah, anybody can contribute. Uh, anyone can, can download the articles. And again, it's all for free. Um, our actual positive sexuality website, positivesexuality.org. Uh, you can look at our education programs and our research programs. 
Uh, and although we're mainly based in Los Angeles, we've recently branched out to Chicago. So we are doing live face-to-face education in Chicago. Uh, but we can also Skype. So we can do things online. Um, so, yeah, I hope that people will look at our things and contribute. And, you know, it's been great talking with you. Thank you, Martha, so much for having me on. Great. I really, really Thank appreciate it. Thank you so much, it. Emily. Thank you. And yeah, listeners, uh, be sure to check out her website and her journal. And uh, Emily, I cannot thank you enough. So happy holidays. And uh, yes, I would like to suggest listeners donate to your organization. It's definitely uh, very important work that you're doing. Well, great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.